you are officially on the Strong Life podcast with Kenny and me. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. Thank Hello. you. Thank you. I know you're a busy girl. Anything I'm... for you two. You guys are my favorite ever. Okay. So let's do this. This is a great combo. So I'm stoked. All right. So I think everybody that's listened probably knows who Kenny is. And everybody obviously knows who you are, but I'm going to give you a quick little intro. This is the Hannah Ray Jones nutrition coach since 2014. So we're going on 10 years. And even though she's younger, you know, I think about Hannah, you know how people are like, I'm an old soul. I'm like, no, you're not. But Hannah actually is. <laughs> I agree too. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I'm, they're like, like, I'm like, you're not an old soul, but like Hannah actually is an old soul. Nutrition coach since 2014, sponsored uh, elite athlete with first form for three years, is it now? It'll be three years in October. Okay. So yes, close to, whoa. Busy mom, wife, just awesome, 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 awesome all around human being who we love. Well, I do. I think Kenny, you know, feels the same. So we thought it would be fun to have you on here today and talk about just some of the normal shit that we talk about and just bring you and your mindset into the mix. Um, what else did I miss about your intro? Where you live? So I live in Montana, beautiful state of Montana, which I feel actually it's so ugly. So don't ever come. <laughs> Idiot. <Yes. laughs> You miss that I'm a dog mom of three dogs and a chicken mom. We have 12 chickens. So there's just a lot going on all the time, but I feel like that's anybody and that's really it. So we, there's, there's nothing exciting about my life, right? It's just constant go, go, go. I'm not working out. I'm playing with Freya or working or cooking. You know how it goes nonstop. Okay, I have one. I have a question for you before we get into our topic today. But what do you think the biggest misconception about you is? Ooh, can I can I say something before yes. she answers? Oh, yeah, I yes. give you so, you know, like probably a lot of people listening. I followed Hannah before I knew her personally. You know, so you don't really know people. You know, you know what they let you know through social media and through what they're willing to share. And, and Hannah does share a lot. I mean, she shares way more about her personal life than a lot of a lot of people do that are in her position but you know Hannah and I both had the opportunity um to educate some other coaches together and um one thing that I had I didn't know about Hannah was how hard that she worked to get that opportunity as an elite trainer and when she kind of laid out her journey from when she started all of this to eventually earning that opportunity, the amount of work that she put in to get that opportunity was just, it's amazing to hear her story. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. The misconception I think would be that people think that <clears throat> you don't have to work hard, right? You just get lucky, but there's nothing lucky about what uh, Hannah earned. So I would just say that. Well, thanks, Kenny. I appreciate that. Also, I didn't know because we've loved each other like for a long time. Yeah. I didn't know that it took the conference for you to realize all of that. So, wow. Interesting. But I guess, how are you supposed to know? Because I, well, you know, I, mean, I knew you worked hard, but I'd never heard you lay it out. Like I had an opportunity for you to start from like all the way back when you were in sports 
and all the work that went into coaching and the decisions you made, it just, it, it really just sunk in the respect that I had for you and how hard you had to work to get it. So. Oh, well, thank you. Coming from you and Kendra, that's like the best compliment, seriously, because you guys both have significant backgrounds. You both have life experience on me years and years. So I know like saying that it, it does not come lightly, but I didn't even think of that as a misconception because it's a very true one, I think, for a lot of people. And I think with a lot of us who work in the online space, I do think that it's perceived as it's all this fun and this constant this, and let's just show everybody our life. Whereas it's very exhausting. We all know from time to time, we have to literally put our phone away into a different room and go outside in order to disconnect. Otherwise, it's just ding, ding, ding all day. And that's probably like a workspace, big misconception. But I would say maybe just in general is, is I'm probably a lot more uh, emotional than people think, because I do, I do come off as with this strong exterior and not emotional in a bad way, but it's just like, I'm so loyal to that aspect of if you hurt me, it's going to hurt me. Like if you screw somebody over that I love, like I'm very protective, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I think you're like, I think you're more sensitive sensitive than, maybe. than people would, re than people would think. Um, but not, not to this extreme point where you're like, wow, that she's really, her social media doesn't do her justice. It's just like, you're like, you're more sensitive. But if we go back to the hard work thing, that is the old soul of Hannah Jones. She's just like us. She's like, she thinks like me. She's Every day, I mean, we talk, there's not usually a day that goes by and she's either like, I have a new idea or I have like, it's, it's like a, it's like an inferno that just burns. And I, I'd say I didn't really know her pre elite athlete, but I would say as an elite athlete, I, I would guess she probably works even a little bit harder, different maybe, but like now she all she wanted was to get it now all she wants is to keep it and she's no fool like she knows that if she's not doing it somebody else is so I know you're right here I don't mean to talk about you like you're not but <laughs> thank you no you guys I'm not gonna be able to fit my head out my front door when I leave later to go get framed <laughs> No, oh, but you know let, it's crazy let me tell you when I was out there oh do you have a story you go ahead and then I'll tell you my Oh, geez. I don't know what story you're going to say, but the, the definition of hard work with which you guys can relate to, right. It plays an aspect in every, it plays a role in every aspect of life. I should say an example last yesterday, Kendra, you were probably here when my landscape was still a mess. I think you were, and that was a while ago. So I've been trying forever to finish our landscape in the front and redo it, but I keep getting interrupted or work or Freya, right? Yesterday I said, I'm getting it done no matter what. It took all day with broken up time. And then I finally go get the mulch in the afternoon. Nick watches Freya. We come back. I said, I'm getting this done. I don't care if it starts raining. It starts dumping buckets and I didn't stop. I'm like, I am not stopping. We're going to get this done to just mark it off the list. And then it starts hailing. And Nick was the one that goes, yeah, um, I'm not trying to get electrocuted out here, like struck by lightning, and we should probably go in. And we didn't. We finished. Right. So that was my story. Perfect example. Perfect example. Or just too dumb to quit is what they say. Too dumb, too dumb to quit. Yeah. 
I've, I'm learning that's a military thing too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the other thing is, can you, while we're recording too, can you mention a few of the podcasts you've been on with Nick's story too? Cause we won't necessarily dive into that today, but can you give a little bit of an overview and background? And then I'll put this, the links in the show notes. Yes. Long story short, take, take as much time as you need. I could take two minutes. Long story short, my husband, Nick, he is a veteran, a special operator veteran, and he got shot overseas in 2020. With that, a a long story came with it. Um, He got shot in the leg and with it came a bunch of trial and error and just a bunch of trials, I should say, with us, with him, with his transition and a bunch of surgeries. His story and his version, as well as my story and my version is on the Survivor Thriver podcast. I believe that's what it's called. We'll link it. Yes. Um, and it will be linked, but check it out because his story and my story is on there. So it's really cool to hear his side and then the spouse side, because a lot of times the spouses are overlooked in the military life, not intentionally. They just don't think much of it because it's always like, well, this is the Marine or the soldier working hard. He's deployed. Oh, let's feel bad because he's not home. And it just happens naturally when we're taking care of everything. Even when he got shot in the leg, it was, oh, how's Nick? How's Nick? How's Nick? Hey, mother. How about how's Hannah taking care of everything else? Seriously, I did get to a point a year in. It was the Victim Survivor Thriver podcast. You know, we talk about this, Hannah, me and me and uh, Kendra, we've talked about this whole wife deployment thing. And like, I can tell you that when you deploy as a soldier, um, it actually gets a little bit easier for you. If you're doing it right, a lot of distractions go away. Like a lot of the things from home that you have to deal with, you're really totally focused on the mission. Oh, by the way, your boys are with you, right? So it's like you have your support group with you. The only person that's kind of left out in the cold in this whole deal is kind of the wife who picks up extra things to do or the spouse, I should say. It gets harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you wouldn't have any any other way, but like it is an interesting thing to, to go through. Um, well, and you just hear, you do hear all these stories and we know people personally who it just didn't work out because whatever the, the, how hard it is and everything and going through everything that we did since 2020, I see why it wouldn't work out. But in my mindset, (laughs) there really is no other way because like I'm committed and I'm, I'm going to try my hardest and with how much effort we both put in we are in a really, really good place now, which is like the best feeling ever. But I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with marriage. Anyways, I'm not a marriage pro. Clearly you guys have been married forever, but been through a lot to be able to put my, my word in. Yeah. I mean, I think you've, you've probably hit some pretty difficult challenges, like fast tracked them, you know, the things you guys have, have gotten five years. Um, you've really had to overcome a lot. And more than people would know. That's the other thing about social media. Well, I did this on a, talked about this on the last podcast. Like if a, if an influencer, you know, posts uh, or the coach, whatever you want to call them, posts, you know, a few slides a day, you, they, they can create a perception of, of how their life is and what's going on. And you have this idea that it's their whole life 
And it's really like, this is work. And when you go to work, you have to have your shit together. And when I go to work, I have to have my shit together, right? Like that's one of the peeves about like a, a lot of those crying videos. It's like, it's like, it's okay to have to like do that in private. And it doesn't mean you're full of shit if you don't like share every detail about how horrible things are. It's not fake. It's like, to me, there's like an appropriate level that you can protect yourself. So I think watching you share what you could and what's necessary and keep the really important things to yourself that actually are private is like, is cool. And people would have no, they have no idea. They, I think that's, what's so interesting about being on this side of the camera. You know, it's like, I know what you're thinking. I know you think that, that like I'm organized. I know you think that I'm the, but, but like, just kidding. I'm, you know, like I have to present that because this is my work. That's a really good way to look at it. You, you have to, there's really no other way. But I think you do a great job. You do a great job of giving a little bit of the reality without just, you know, overexposing every part of your life. Absolutely. One of the best follows on IG, somebody who entertains, educates, and shares the appropriate amount. Like that's one of the things that people don't understand. Like we don't have to follow anyone, right? Like we're not required to follow each other, but I tell you what, like I check in daily on certain people and Hannah does it for me. Like I check in on her every single day, like to see what she's posting because we all need that in our lives. We really do. Right. It's so funny. It's people who I don't even think will be checking in. Our, our realtor, who's a really good friend out here, he, he never would have thought he's, I think mid forties, great guy. He, we saw him, I don't know. It was like a year ago. He's like, Hannah, you know, I've been going through a really rough patch in my, my life right now, something so-and-so. And he's like, your post really kicked me in my ass the other day. And I was like, I didn't even know, like, you knew I had a social media. <laughs> so you never know what life. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it. people right now are probably following like your baby hair growth. Like they I'm are, sure, you know what I mean? Like they literally know, like, like how, how's that going? And those are really cute, cute, relatable things to follow. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, those are your, you and you're, I, I don't know. I find you entertaining and I'm just so glad that we're friends. Me too. You're the best. You're the best. All right. So go listen to those podcasts. If you want to deep dive into it's actually that one you did the survivor thriver no victim survivor. victim survivor thriver. that was really really good i thought i've heard your podcast before i thought that was you did such a great job explaining and i'm like wow she's not like crying or anything you were just you just kind of got through it it was good i was shocked i didn't cry either it's weird it's weird during times like that i think i'm going to and then i don't yeah and then times i least want to cry is when i do right right <laughs> All right, so you want to jump in how we roll on here, Hannah, and just join. Right. Okay, so I I think Kenny that this topic kind of started because of the the uh, post from Lane Norton that I shared. That's where I think yeah. it. I mean, that's where the the uh, you know I triggered I triggered you. You did trigger me, and not and look when you made that 
So you put a, a Lane Norton, um, like a one minute reel in your stories. Um, you talked about a study, or at least he talked about a study. And, you know, I'm always watching those things because someone like Lane Norton, I respect a great deal. You know, he's been around forever, a lot of amazing information. He's been, he's been doing this job way before I even thought of, considered this as an opportunity for myself. And he is one of the industry leaders, you know, when it comes to the studies and someone who's putting out the right information. But I always try to watch these studies, not only with that inquisitive kind of coaching eye, but also like how would I see this as a person trying to change my life, you know, like, like both levels, because you can see that you can see that real and you could see it from two separate angles. And so that really got me thinking. And, you know, the one thing I love about Kendra and I'm Hannah's the same way. Like if I didn't agree with something that either one of you posted or I like had a question about it that could be seen as like, Hey, like, why did you post this? Like if I sent you a message, the cool thing is, we're all professionals and like we could talk about it without getting in a fight and being angry and picking a side, which is really cool. So anyway, that's kind of what got this rolling was this that particular topic. So the real was about a study and the study said uh, participants were put through a six week diet and half of the group did. I'd be curious to know what you think, Hannah, half of the group did straight six weeks deficit and the other half did two weeks diet, one week diet break, two weeks diet, one week diet break, two weeks diet, one week diet, or, you know, I guess you wouldn't have had one week. Okay, it's over. Both groups got the same results. So let's say we define diet break is not tracking. And you may, you're probably not in a calorie deficit, but a total diet break in the bodybuilding world may be, well, now in a kind of an organized and like structured fashion, we bring your calories back up by three to 500 and now you're at maintenance for a week and then we bring you back down, just like diet cycling or carb cycling. So I posted that in my story and said, once again, any diet that you are able to stick to is a good diet. So if it's six weeks straight, if it's two weeks on, one week off, well, Kenny's like, bro, which is what he basically, <laughs> and I knew exactly, I knew exactly, because he's like, basically what he's saying is like, what the actual fuck are you doing putting out, like, you know, our people are going to be like, oh, I can, I can just like eat like garbage for a week. And then, and I, and so then we got talking about it. And we thought, well, let's talk about like momentum and that concept of a diet break and flexibility and the importance of momentum for long-term like results. Like, I think we agreed most people couldn't do two week on one week off. Like, and when you put somebody in a lab setting, their probably chance of adhering is higher. Why else do you think that a study like that or uh, an approach like that could work or not work? See, I think it's going to be person dependent, of course, but I do believe, think about if you're doing it long, like long term in the aspect of months, because if somebody's on this super strict diet for months, I don't think the average person 
just a lifestyle client needs to be restricted that much. Now I understand. I see Kenny's wheels spinning. I understand. Actually, we have to end this podcast immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny, I, yeah, I hear you. Well, wait. So I understand that it's, it is hard for a lot of people to do two weeks on one week off because it's like, if you're not all in, they're not going to do it. But there's a reason that I do teach the macro-based approach because it's like, I wouldn't even, all right, so here's where I really conflict this. I wouldn't even do two weeks on one week off. I would do like a consistent, hey, we are going to focus on flexible dieting, macro counting, calorie counting, however you want to look at it and focus on hitting your protein, carbs, and fats for as long as we need for insert goal. And then we can adjust your macros as time goes because you're learning to eat in moderation to yourself to whatever your goal is, whether that's losing fat, building muscle or maintaining whatever. So I know you guys probably have something to bounce off of that. So go ahead. No, I would just say that that's actually the same approach. I think that Kendra and I both use like that's, we do the same thing right now. Like that's, I I think for me um, where it gets a little dicey, right. Is that most of the people that I work with are newer to this lifestyle, right? So I agree, like, you know, if you're going to do a long-term type approach, I do think that like what Lane Norton laid out is probably doable for most people who have discipline and are focused on this for life. But I think, you know, when you get people who are trying to make changes, so if you have someone that comes to you that's like brand new in this journey or relatively new and they want to do an approach like this, it's going to take a lot for them to stick to it, in my opinion, because like if you say you set them up on the approach that we just talked about, we all agree, like, you know, an approach that's not very restrictive, like we're not restricting food groups, we're not a, a big calorie deficit, we're focused on making progress over time. If you're focused in that direction and you get them on track for two weeks initially, maybe they get some results in those first two weeks, maybe they don't, and then they decide, okay, well, we're going to take a week off now. We're not going to be totally undisciplined, but we're not going to be accountable to any plan. We're just going to take a a diet break. You know, I know for sure most people are only going to set themselves back. So if you're three weeks in and you haven't lost any weight because you haven't been able to stay on track for more than two weeks, it just becomes this dicey, like how long are you willing to do that until you start getting results? For me, for me. Okay, so... I was I was interested in this because I mean the first thing I thought is like why 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 would anybody do this like why why would you take the chance of taking a week diet break like why would you do that you know what I mean like that's just you can lose motivation so now you're a client and you've got you've made some progress for a couple of weeks now you feel you've stalled oh now you've made so this is not for your this is not for your typical client who's starting a fat loss journey like that is a bad idea i think but hannah i was thinking about this i was excited to talk about this today so hannah and i pathetically share macros like kind of like just i don't even know what our rhythm is but it's like i need to send this hey it works okay it works but hannah at her level in my mind, almost naturally has taken these little diet breaks. Like if you like, 
Hannah keeps leaning out, right? So what are you, you're nine months postpartum? Yeah. So I think you went discipline in the beginning then kind of struggled to, cause it, you burn out, right? Like, it's just like, God, and you're already, she's already got a six pack. So like, what does she need a vascular six pack now? You know, is insane. So it's like, she's just wants to feel as good as possible. So she'll have weeks where she's naturally like, Oh, I'm just like, I'm eating too much. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to clean it up. And I feel like you've been in this natural diet break rhythm do you feel that way or am I do I not have a clear picture no it's definitely not a diet break because if I would if I was in a diet break situation I would not be sending you my macros I would just be intuitive eating however I'm still working on breaking uh bad habits that I built in pregnancy buying a snack at every checkout doesn't matter if it's target the grocery store doesn't matter that's such terrible driving through drive through fast food. I don't eat fast food. I developed that habit during pregnancy. And I still like, I, if anybody loves junk food or you enjoy a meal out, I, I want the shittiest food. I want to go to McDonald's. Dude, when, <laughs> like, I, when I first met you, I'm like, what are you eating for lunch? You're like, it's a hot pocket. So, yeah. okay. You, <laughs> so, but, Freya. but now, okay. He can eat some shit. Let me tell you. I love trash food. I'm no different than the average American, like seriously. And that's okay. But now I am tracking. Um, but what I do, let's just say it's a perfect week that works for me because I've been doing it so long that it can work for other people. And Kendra's like, Oh, I might do that too. Is Wednesdays. Um, I track for the day and then I enjoy a meal at night. Like I don't track it. I just Untracked. enjoy it. Yeah. Right back on track. And then I'm motivated. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm really full. I'm overstuffed or like too much sugar, sugar headache. Then I'm motivated to get back on track Thursday, Saturdays. I don't track at all. I don't intuitive eat. I just take the whole day off and then I enjoy what I want for that entire day. Now I don't, sorry, but my dogs now I don't go and binge eat. I have depending on like, you know, I'm, I am a stress eater, but like for the most part on a perfect day, no. But if I want to go get breakfast with Freya, which I did, I'll go, I got a pancake on the side. Usually I won't and actually enjoyed the butter and syrup, things like that. It's where I don't feel like I'm restricting myself because every other day of the week, if, if we do go out to eat or if we, if I'm making dinner, right. It's not that I'm restricted, but you can only have so much because otherwise we're overeating every single day and we do not need that much food. All three of us know that us Americans, we literally are trained to just eat until we're full until we're uncomfortable. And, and that's the habit that I feel is most important to break for people. It's not that counting macros or counting your calories is so restrictive. It's no, you're just learning to eat what your body actually needs to fuel yourself. And yeah, if you do point. say, yeah. And if you do say, sit there and tell me, which I've had this conversation with countless people, well, I develop bad eating habits or no, it's very restrictive. It's unhealthy. That is for some people, you can't do it because of past eating disorders or something like that. But for the majority of people, it's an excuse to just overeat. I don't care what you say. It is just like a, a fitness track, like a watch tracker. There was a phase during COVID. I threw away my watch. It was giving me anxiety. Oh, in other words, you just didn't want to see that you're 2,000 steps in and need 8,000 more steps to go. Right. So 
Right. It's so true because when you're on point, you love these tools. You love tracking your food. You love, you know what I mean? But when you're like, when you're like, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just not in the headspace. It's like, come on, you just come on. Okay. So you are, are you maintaining right now? Or you, do you feel like you're still getting a little bit leaner? I would like to get a little bit leaner. Don't we all feel that way? I do feel like I'm maintaining that every woman ever to exist right now. Yeah. Now I do feel like if I were to maintain where I'm at, I would, I would be content, but I'm not satisfied only because my stomach is not quite where I want it to be, where it was before Freya. And that's okay. I've had some stubborn body fat. I ate a lot of food when I was pregnant, like a lot. I realized looking back, holy crap, probably 3000 calories a day. <laughs> Seriously. I re- you documented it. I can remember watching you crush the chow, man. I remember. It is very hard to control that. It's like, it's different than, it's different than the average person learning self-control. I don't care what you say. I'll argue that all day. I'm not justifying anything. It's insane. And I think too, Hannah, like when I think about your ability to get back on point and like, even though, you know, you guys are leaning on each other, I do the same things. I have APs that I share my accountability group partners that I share my macros with just as a way to say, hey, look, I'm doing my part of this deal each day. You know, I do it too. But I do think that like for you, you have come from a disciplined background and you have the ability to get it in check when you have to, you know what that looks like. I think a lot of people who are new to this, they're not really sure what that looks like yet. That's a good, that's a good point. And I will say pregnancy and then postpartum humbled me and gave me a whole new perspective because I have had the discipline since I was 16 training for my first bodybuilding competition, which looking back now is insane that I even did that. Totally. My outfit too from bodybuilding. It was a red velvet suit, cringe, like a big red flower. And so anyways, just to give you that person, that, that image, but I actually thought about that when I was pregnant, sitting on the couch, not doing anything. I had, I had brain fog. I was beyond exhausted. It was like second, you know, whenever it doesn't matter when during pregnancy. And then I just wanted to go to the gas station and get Takis, those disgusting chips that are terrible for you. And I did every day. I think I had a bag of Takis and I remember sitting there just thinking like, wow. And I would talk about this on my social media. Wow. I feel like a useless POS. And somebody gave me a good perspective though. They're like, your, your level that you give yourself as far as work is like above the standard. And I think that goes for all that does go for both of you too. So like your slacking is still like above standard a lot of the time. And then two, somebody was super nice in a message one day and gave a good perspective of, Hey, even if you're just sitting on the couch while you're pregnant, Hannah, at least you're like growing an eyelash or something. You're still doing something. (laughs) So like, listen, I use that as an excuse. Sometimes I don't even think there was a day where I didn't nap during pregnancy. Like it was nuts. And so that just brought me back to, wow, it is really hard to keep this discipline and do the discipline. And I actually, you guys mentioned when we were at summer smash all together, well, Kenny did, he's like this last eight week challenge. I've noticed the biggest change in your physique, Hannah. you like, you really dialed something in, you know, the only change I really made was, was actually counting my macros, not even in a huge deficit. I still had my two days a week where I did what I needed, 
But I think the biggest change was I, it took me seven months to get my 10,000 steps a day back in my life as a consistent routine. Like I could not figure it out. I was struggling every day. I'd still fight to try to find what worked for me, but finally something clicked. And actually a huge motivator was Nick, my husband. Cause, um, I asked him, I said, listen, I, I need this accountability, accountability. Will you please help me and get 10,000 steps in a day with me? Also, that was my little bit of motivation to him because he kept saying he's tired and lethargic. And now that he works from home, I'm like, I promise if you start moving more throughout the day, you will not be as lethargic. And in a week, he's like, wow, I do have all this energy and this is great. So that's helped. And I think that's made the biggest difference in physique. As you both know, you can burn two to 400 extra calories a day just by walking or parking further. Like I'm so big on that. So kind of on the momentum front, Hannah, if I remember correctly, you were really trying to get your shit together. Really the beginning of the year, you were, you were kind of talking about it a lot, you know, making the right decisions, but like the last eight weeks, I think you really did commit. Like how many times in your mind, and that could be wrong, but how many times in your mind did you commit to like, all right, today's the day I'm going to get my shit together. And then by the end of the day, you're like, tomorrow's the day. Did you have any of that? <laughs> yeah. And that's why it took me nine months to get to where I am instead of six, like I wanted, <laughs> but my expectations are almost unrealistic, honestly, in a lot of aspects of life, it's like a toxic trait, but also not, you know, it serves me well, but also bites me in the butt. So in speaking about momentum, how long do you think it took you to actually get my shit together, get a couple wins. And you're like, okay, I'm there. I'm finally there. Like I'm cruising now. Cause that's harder than people think. Six months and probably a month before the actual challenge started this last challenge. So six months postpartum because Kendra would ask all the time because she was the same postpartum. She was like, do you feel like you're getting yourself back together? How do you feel? Do you feel like you're norm? And I'm like, I feel good, but feel good. But because I know my standard. Now I know it's a whole new level of what to expect with myself, but I also see that it's, it's not, I can get, I can get my exact body back if I really want to. I like, I'm basically there, honestly. And I remember being, and I was telling Kendra this the other day, three, two months postpartum, three, even four. And I had my myself together, probably 80% as far as workouts, nutrition, still overeating a little bit, but I thought, oh my gosh, am I never going to get my stomach back? Like this, is this my new shape? I mean, I could share pictures. I really thought that I, I was starting to accept like, okay, this is how my new stomach is, but that doesn't mean I'm going to just give up on my diet because I'm like, look how far I've come. I'm going to keep eating healthy and following macros and working out. But then each month went by and I'd look at pictures and I'm like, okay, phew. And now it's basically, it's almost, almost back. You know what it's, you know what it's making me think about how, so in your life, this was the first time you'd ever been in that place where you don't know what you're going to look like or if it's going to work. And when I think about our clients they're, that's where they are. So they're going to start a challenge and they're not sure where they're going to be or if it's going to work. And at yeah. the first moment of disappointment or my expectation isn't met, I think we could all agree 75% of people will quit and they will never get to see what would have been 
and they will never get to see their physique on the other side of a disciplined like lifestyle. So for me, it's a good reminder that I think this whole thing is about people just quitting too soon. And even you had to have, have had to, and still have to persevere when you're not totally sure that what's what, what the outcome is, you know, and that that's the old soul in you. Cause a lot of people are like, well, give me the guarantee and I'll do the work. Kenny and I talk about this. If you can tell me I can lose that weight, I'll do it. But the moment things go wrong or don't go the way they expected, you know, where did they go? That's a good, that's a good outlook. And also, as we all know, with anybody, our clients and ourselves, something comes up in life every week, whether it's your kid is sick, you lose a family member, a pet. Not, not even that extreme, your car breaks down, all these excuses. But like, if you were to use all those excuses every time, which most people do, you're never going to get anywhere. It's just life. <laughs> and so, okay, your car broke down. So, so then what, you're just going to go get McDonald's. Like you can still go home, <laughs> right? Like go make a is, sandwich. At right, least. Like what is, I never understand like what those things have to do with what you fed yourself. Like, like, healthy connection there it's just stress probably kenny has thoughts on that too but i can make that connection it's total stress eating because stress i'm a eating, huge yeah. stress eater like when i leave therapy yeah 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 that's true it was a great session nick actually brought this to my attention like i told you i really like fast food it's disgusting well there's been a few times lately where i have gone and gotten fast food even if i fit in my macros or not and he's like, well, did you have therapy today? I said, yeah. And I'm like, shit, it's stress. It's stress related, not healthy. So we're working on that too. <laughs> well, and look, it's not even negative events, right? You know, people out there aren't willing to say no to enough in order to reach their goals. Like at some point you've got to make some sacrifices, right? For instance, I've been through a whole week, eight week challenge with someone before that was like, okay, well, this weekend's my son's birthday. This next weekend, my family's going to Six Flags. You know, the weekend after that, we're taking this camping trip. We go on every year. And, you know, it's like you do great Monday through Friday, but every weekend you're unwilling to make a little bit of sacrifice and say no to something so that you can say yes for your progress. And, you know, they get frustrated and they want to give up, but ultimately it's, it's kind of your fault, right? Like you're the reason why you're not making that progress. You're not, you're not saying no to enough, in my opinion. Well, this weekend we were at a birthday party and the birthday party was, you know, obviously alcohol, all the great foods that we all love, just like hot dogs and hamburgers and potato salad. And then there was just like this whole like thing of like, just candy. Like there was just candy everywhere, like full candy bars. And then, uh, you know, cupcakes and like, just you name it. And I was like, and I enter those things. The first thing I do is I tend to feed myself before I go. Like I'm not going to that thing starving. The second thing I do is I bring a protein shake and I put it in my purse. And this is a normal me. This isn't even like psycho. This is, or this is just like, this is what I have to do as a person because I have all the same I want to go to fast food too. I want to eat the cake too. It's not that I don't, I just don't want to walk around looking like all I eat is cake and ice cream. You know what I mean? Like I work hard at the gym. I want to walk around and look like I work hard at the gym. 
you know, like I I've earned that. So like, these are the things we have to do, but I did go have a burger. So I knew there was, I fit that into my macros. I had a, a just like a ton of vegetables and like a diet Coke, a bunch of water. And like, I sat away from the food and it was fine. And I sat around and frankly, this time I watched everybody thinking you're going to feel like shit and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be like, why do I do that? Every time I go and you're going to, you know what I mean? And you're going to be like looking, searching for like best diet to lose 50 pounds tomorrow. But you know what? I don't have to do that. Like, I don't have to do that. And that is, it's the most frustrating thing with clients who are like, I have a birthday. It's like, who doesn't, you know, sorry. That's the biggest thing though, right? Kendra, between somebody like, and again, there's a lot of differences between, unfortunately, someone like Kendra and like our starters, right? People who are just- I got here. I got here. Like I got myself here. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like even with Kendra or even with Hannah, she is not, no matter what happened, even if Hannah was- two years postpartum and her stomach was just the way it is. Like her belly just was not going to snap back. She did all the work. She made all the sacrifice. The thing about Hannah is that she wasn't quitting though. Like regardless, like this is her life. Like she is going to continue to execute the fitness and the nutrition, the way it's supposed to be done, regardless of the outcome. Whereas all of most of our people who we're working with are outcome paced and they don't give themselves enough time to start to get some of those wins in order to make the habits that they're trying to develop worthwhile to sticking to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. I was just going to say when Kenny was talking about the following through the or falling off on the weekend, my favorite thing to tell clients when they say things like that is okay. Well, if you put in 70% effort, expect 70% results like, and then that, that just clicks for so many people. And then I say, well, whatever the percentage this is, I think it's around 70%. If you follow your diet five to seven days out of the week, expect, which is about like what, 70, 75%, expect that return and results. So when you're pissed that you haven't lost that extra five pounds or the extra 10 pounds, which we've all been there, that's why. And we all know that the most classic saying is, well, I follow everything except this. I know, I know I'm so great here. I crush the gym, but sometimes this, and like, we are all so straight to the point. Sometimes I think I'm a little bit too much to the point, but I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Listen, you just gave your answer of why you're not, you know, why, when you come to me and say, I don't know why I'm not seeing these results, you know, why. It's that sometimes, or the, you know, I slipped a little bit here, just the weekends. Okay. That's your answer. You need to get back at it. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Like we don't have to look any further. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, this weekend wasn't great. It's like, I don't think until I did this bodybuilding contest, I don't know if you know, I did one Hannah. You're, I mean, I didn't even know you were almost 50. Yeah, I'm almost 50, but (laughs) I didn't, I didn't realize I did not realize what one or two days of overeating or one pound of body fat can do to you. Like when you get that lean and you overeat and you see that like the scale doesn't move when you have 30 pounds to lose, it can kind of get lost in there. Like, like overeating here and there, just, it kind of, it kind of gets lost, but I, but it's not it's not lost. It's just that you can't see it because it doesn't have a huge impact on your physique. 
but that whole experience like did so much for me in that way because I know now like two days of overeating it doesn't feel that like that big of a deal and our clients feel almost like they're getting screwed over like something must be wrong with this program but it's like two days of overeating will stall your progress in a week and I want you to think about this because we've all done bodybuilding shows here every single one of us on the screen right now. Oh, that's I want you to think about, I want you to take yourself back to post-competition, right? Oh. I want you to, so you walked oh. off stage, you felt great. Well, actually you probably felt horrible. You looked amazing, right? But you felt Thank proud you. of what you did. Your physique looked better than it ever had before. And then if you're not disciplined, um, like I know that I wasn't, like for a few days after, you know, you start to kind of, do some things you haven't done for a while, right? You start to eat some food, to make some decisions. You start to pack on some calories. And oh, by the way, it's really tricky because just like our people, when they take a couple of days off, when you look in the mirror at first, you're like, I'm getting away with this. Like the scale's not open. <laughs> you don't see it in the scale. Like my body's just different, right? I'm because one of those people that I guess I can eat whatever I want now. Well, they, they think they can get away with it too. And ultimately, you know what happens, right? It starts to snowball really quickly. Oh. You go from looking great to all of a sudden you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> How did this get here? Kendra, if you know this answer, don't say it. Okay. But if you don't, go in. After one of my bodybuilding comps, I was 18. Guess how many pounds I gained in two days? I don't know. I'm so oh, you know? okay. Okay. Should we guess? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I if it was over 20, I'd be amazed. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody gain more than five or ten pounds in a couple of days. 30 yeah. pounds in oh two my days. God. So I'm lucky I didn't have a heart attack, like straight up. Now that I understand, I can't even make it up. And how this is even possible if whoever's listening, you're like, how? Well, first of all, I was 18. I shouldn't have even been restricting myself the way it was. And back in 2012, this was like straight up tilapia, green beans, eggs. I ate 1200 eggs in a prep span. I counted. That's disgusting. So it was a very low calorie diet. And I didn't even understand calories or macros. It was just whatever my meal plan said. So that's why. So then now as like this teenager and I want to go out to eat and go out to eat with my parents and my friends and let's enjoy this. 30 pounds. And I remember being foggy, fluffy. I'm so grateful that I didn't actually have a heart attack. My poor body. Dude. If people don't, haven't picked this up already, Hannah and I are a lot alike. And I don't know if Kenny is too, but like we are eaters and there's a, there's an eater trapped in the body that there's a level of discipline. I'd say, you know, some people aren't that food focused, but I think most of us are like in some, most of us have some, I don't know, some food connection. And I think a lot of us that get in the industry are interested in that too. We're interested in that behavior. We're interested in that lifestyle. We maybe struggled with eating disorders in the past, but when somebody gains that kind of weight, it's just straight binging. Like you're just bent. There's no other way to gain that. And I think this is a really good example about why people shouldn't be confused on Monday if you overate Saturday, Friday and Saturday, and then said, oh, fuck it. And went for brunch on Sunday too. You I know? don't know if you guys, you probably know this, but the people who overeat on the weekends like that 
including ourselves whenever we do it. But the clients who come to you and say on Tuesday or Wednesday, I've been back on track since Monday and it's Wednesday and I'm still five pounds holding five pounds, but the body, and I found this, I like learned this during my bodybuilding stages because we were all about the weight and you need to lose two more pounds and three more pounds. It takes three, 72 hours, up to 72 hours for your body to actually process and dispose of the food that you ate. So like if somebody overeats on Sunday, it could still be Wednesday and you could still be holding on to that, that extra weight. And I didn't know that, but now it makes sense. So I explained that to them and it's like, okay, just cause you're on track for two, three more days after falling off for two days, it's going to take a whole week, which actually Kendra, I know you struggle with this. You're like, it takes me three weeks to get back down That's- three pounds. It does. Yeah, it does. No, it really does. Like it, for me, like it takes, so there is such a lag on the scale and I've learned that now. And I I hope people listening can hear that because it is not like I ate well, I rewarded by the scale going down. The scale is obviously like way overused, I think too, as a measurement tool. But what are your thoughts on that, Kenny? Um, yeah. So look, I mean, what Hannah just described, I think is a healthy, normal individual, you know? So like, for instance, if they go out and they kind of blow it out on the weekend and like 72 hours later, they're still holding on. That's absolutely true. Now put yourself in the position of some female or some lady that has PCOS, right? And so now you've been fighting for four or five months, working your ass off to get rid of as much chronic inflammation as possible, you know, trying to get your body in a good spot, get your hormones in a good spot. You know, you go out there on a weekend, you blow it out. And, you know, now because you've eaten a whole lot of unprocessed or overprocessed carbs, you know, now you're putting your body in even a worse position. You might hold on to weight for weeks. You know, you might bring back a lot of that inflammation and cause yourself a lot of problems that you didn't anticipate. And it might be more than just 72 hours. I mean, I've seen this happen. I mean, I've seen it happen really, really bad for a couple weeks at a time. Yeah, man, it's hard to watch it's hard to watch somebody work really hard to lose body fat, change their physique, go back to their undisciplined life and, you know, wrap it up in a, like, I'm just burnt out on this whole thing. And now I have somebody right now I'm thinking of that's got to dig themselves out of about a, I don't know, 15 pound hole. And this is a hard loser. This is somebody who from her behavior to her physical body And, you know, we're looking at another six months of work, you know, so she had momentum, like she was on a roll and then that you got to be careful because that's when people give themselves like, oh, maybe I'll adopt the Hannah Jones uh, method and do like all day Saturday. You guys like this is Hannah Jones 10 years into like a whole like this is not appropriate for a lot of people especially on a fat loss journey and i would even say if you're my age and you've lost 40 pounds and you get to your goal your work has just begun you need to be looking at two years now with me like because you don't you should not be trusted out there yet you're not ready and let's be honest no let's be honest too like hannah went into her pregnancy in phenomenal shape. She already had a ton of well-developed, lean, dense muscle that, you know, she put her body through it during her pregnancy, of course, but she was in a better starting spot postpartum than someone who 
had never done any of this their whole life who got pregnant and was trying to start from scratch. It's going to be a different journey for them. Right. Totally. And there's, there's even been a handful of people that have said that have compared themselves to me postpartum saying, I just don't know how you've done that and how you've bounced back or leaned out so fast. Here's the thing. I remind them, look where I started. Look where you started. Like you look the same as you do postpartum too, but you weren't, I mean, I was stupid lean when I got pregnant and not to mention, I think that's why I kind of gained so fast because my body needed to. Mm -hmm. It's almost like my hormones were telling me like, eat Hannah, you have to put on some fat for this baby. Is that an excuse? Maybe, but I don't think so. Like truly, I don't think so because I was way too lean. Well, you didn't gain 60 pounds. Like I gained almost 60 pounds when I was pregnant, you know? True, true. I gained but nobody needed, like, you don't need to gain 60 pounds, by the way, when you're pregnant, you know, but also you like, that's another, that's a really good point too. not like a lot of people compare themselves to the wrong person. Like don't compare your untrained, never worked out physique to Hannah's like compare yourself to another untrained, never worked out physique. And you'll probably feel a lot better. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and I'm one of those two that refuses to like bring myself down here just to make this person comfortable. I used yeah. to do that. I still struggle even with some of the things I say. And even Nick will tell me, Hannah, well, don't say that to that person just to make them feel better. Cause that's not true about you. And he actually corrected me recently about something small, but it's not small because how you talk to yourself is how you will become, which we all know that. Well, us three know this, but somebody will be hearing this thinking, wow, the light bulb just clicked. I never thought of it that way because it's true. Kenny, how do you get clients to keep pushing through that are like, I'm your client and I'm going to send you a message and I'm going to be like, I think I'm going to take a break now. And they're halfway through their journey. Are you like, oh, that's good. Cause bio lane says you can take a break for two, for a week. And, and then you get back on it or what's your, like, how do you handle that? I know we've talked about it before, but considering the momentum topic today. Yeah, no, I, I think one thing that Hannah said up front that's really important to remember is that, and this is what makes all of us great coaches. You know, we, the people we work with, we develop relationships, right? And we know what it is and where those people are at when they come to us with a statement like that. So, depending on who it is will depend on the conversation that I have. But ultimately what I try to remind people of is that it's so hard, you know, even when you look at someone like Hannah or you look at myself, like I have started over more times this year than I care to tell you, you know, like that's the honest truth. You know, I've been in my own fields for my own reasons, you know, shoulder surgery, trying to get better. What's the point? Like we all have this self-talk right? This negative self-talk that we have to keep putting down day after day after day, we have to keep overcoming. Like we're not special. We have those thoughts as well. So, but I also know that just giving up is, is not an option, right? I know that I'm going to keep pushing forward. So I have to find a way myself to develop this momentum. And I know that once I get going, if I can put enough of these wins together, like even in my position, going through physical therapy, going through recovery, I'm not in a spot where I'm going to improve greatly, you know, as far as my physique, but I am in a spot where I can go backwards. Right. So I have to remember that sometimes not 
going backwards is still progress. You know right. what I mean? So for me, that's my own internal self-talk. And for other people, I remind them of how hard they had to work to get into a spot to where they've eliminated a lot of the self-talk and they're working through it and they're making progress. And that the hard thing to understand, honestly, the thing that I have found from working with so many people is that they overestimate their ability to get back on track once they give up momentum. Yeah. And again, because we've talked about this, Kendra, 90, 90, 95% of the time, people lose momentum in their weight loss journey or their physical journey because of a choice. You know, the things that Hannah described, like, you know, the passing away, the pets, like those things do happen often, right? But those are the moments sometimes where, you know, we do kind of get derailed because of things going wrong in our life. And sometimes we don't always have the choice to stay on track. There are some things that happen that are out of our control. That's life. But 90, 95% of the time, it's because, well, I'm going to take a weekend off because, you know, it's my son's birthday or, you know, I'm going to this barbecue. And I remind, I try to educate them up front of the challenge, how hard it's going to be on the other side of that decision. You know, once you kind of let the cat out of the bag and you've made some bad choices and you went off, like how easy is it going to be for you to get back on track? And I think people overestimate how hard that's going to be. And that's what I try to lay out for them. That is such a good point. Like that kind of reminds me of Hannah and post like she's what did she just say earlier? Like she's still trying to kick habits. That was nine months ago and it gets in your head right you start thinking like maybe i can get away with this once isn't so bad and this is for a woman who's already lean and disciplined and it's it it is a it is a struggle i mean i gotta be honest with you though the way it happens for me with momentum is almost like if i have one good day I feel like a million bucks. Like if I, it's just one, I don't need like 10. You know what I mean? Like I just need one where I'm not like fucking up somehow or, you know, overeating or, you know, having a lame workout, like just one, just give me one. And then I'm like, yes, I'm back. This is me. This is how, this is how I like it. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like months, but you know, and, and I think to some extent, Hannah is, she's, she obviously knows her boundaries. So she's getting away with what she can still being lean. She's, we, you know, we still know she's probably in a deficit, like it's, but this is an experienced person. But for those who are like, oh, it's, it's over for me. I'm like, dude, just one good day. And you're going, I promise you will wake up tomorrow. I wake up for me personally, I wake up so proud of myself. Like I just wake up happier as opposed to the days where I'm just like, it's all relative, right? Like some, you know, maybe my worst day is somebody's would be the best day of their life. I don't know. But it's like when I wake up and I have done things that aren't in line with my values or my commitments, I feel like shit when I wake up, I treat people around me worse. But if I, if I am on point just one day, it's like, boom, yes. Agreed. I mean, you said it perfectly, but, but especially for like the beginner, you have one good day, but then the next day your kid comes home from school sick and then you can get all your chores done. You couldn't cook dinner because you're taking care of your kid. And then, oh, life sucks. And then you fall off. And I get it because when Nick got shot in 2020, we were living out of in and out of hotels for a year straight for weeks at a time. 
And I don't even know how, I guess maybe I, that was like my best financial year I've ever had. And, uh, work-wise as well, as far as just where I was in the company, like everything, all that also fit wise, I would argue that it was the most, the best I looked physique wise, but I think the thing, and maybe this will just inspire somebody that they need to know is when that happened, the average person would instantly, oh my gosh, the world, I need to take care of Nick and the dogs. I didn't have a daughter at the time, but something, when I got that call was like, holy crap. Well, Nick needs me. I need to take care of myself so that I can take care of him. Like I remember when it happened, like literally something clicked. Cause I had like the flash of what am I going to do? But then I was like, there's no choice, but having to take care of myself, no matter what it's going to take, because then, cause we're about to be in for it. I didn't even have an idea how much in for it we were going to be, but I knew at some level we were going to be. So I'm like, if I just stay focused on my workouts, I know I can control that. And it was the time when the world was ending because of, we all know, uh, in 2020 that I, I would be all right. And, and that's what I kept doing every day. I mean, there were days where I'd wake up and cry and just think, when are we going to see the other side? Like the, when are we going to see the end of the rainbow or the end of the tunnel, the end of the rainbow? <laughs> How much did you, um, because I tell people this all the time, I know in my life when things get hard. I lean into my journey a little bit more. Like, you know, I get more intentional with my workouts. I get more intentional with my food. Like, it's almost like a purposeful distraction from all the other shit in my life. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Makes total sense. That's a really good way to put it. I guess I didn't really think of it that way, but that's worded so well because it is what keeps you going. Because I think even in like my situation, I think well, the dogs can't take care of themselves. And those were our kids at the time. Nick needs me a lot. And the only way that I'm going to be able to take care of everybody and do this to the best of my ability is by focusing on taking care of myself too. And that gets so misconstrued these days with people, unfortunately, my age and younger with, I need to take care of myself. I need to get my nails done and my hair done and this and self-care. It's funny now that I have a kid, I see all these women younger women who are like, oh, I just need self-care. And I'm like, bitch, you begin your nails on every day. You get a massage every week. You go get your coffee every day. I'm like, how much self-care do you need? I think what you need is to take care of somebody, help somebody go help something in your community. And you'll feel a lot more fulfilled in your life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, Penny was coaching Mitch through my uh, bikini prep. I don't know if you guys know, I did a bodybuilding show, but um <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole world might know now. (laughs) And if you guys didn't know, (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's just such a narcissistic sport anyway. And I say all the time because it's such a point of reference, but I was doing that when like, so like we're moving, Jack's going into the military. We moved like three times, all this stuff. And I'm in the middle of prep saying, and 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 it's like, by the way, yeah. hold on here. No, you, do you know how? Do you know how somebody? You know how you know someone's in the middle of prep because they tell you incessantly they're in the middle of prep. Oh, sorry, I can't do that right now. I'm in prep. I'm, in I'm prep. Sorry. Don't care. That was your choice. Don't care. <laughs> don't give a shit. And also, don't bitch that you can't eat the burger with me at the restaurant because it's your choice. I used to do that so much. Oh, I can't have that. It's like. 
but that was my choice. You're so hungry. It's all you can say is you're just like, I'm just so hungry. But anyway, so- Mitch is like, oh, I couldn't track this week. It's been, a- Kendra and I have had a lot going on. And Kenny's like, seems like your wife is successfully getting through a bikini prep. Oh. <laughs> He sent me this message. And look, I love Mitch. Mitch is my boy. I'm I'm I love him to death. But he sent me this message one week. He's like, I'm just so busy, Kenny. Like we're moving, we're on the road. I just couldn't, I couldn't track this week. I'm like, well, Kendra found the way to do it. She's in prep. <laughs> I'm like, Kendra did it. Like, I don't know why you couldn't do it, bro. <laughs> so well, oh. you know, it's to your point. Like, I think we can t- tell our clients too, like, once you get that momentum going, you can throw a lot of things at somebody. Like Hannah's got the momentum, right? she gets horrible news that's going to literally change the course of her life in ways she doesn't even realize at that point. And I don't think, I don't know if people realize necessarily the impact of their shitty choices on their health and how that affects the way they feel and their general mood in their home to their spouses, to their kids, like, like it's a real thing. And so same as you, when I have somebody who says, I got to quit because my teenagers, I'm like, dude, you got to like, you got to like get fit for those guys. Like yeah. you got to get strong, like here physically for the, for the, the nightmare that's about to approach. You don't quit because of your teenagers. You like, like go get it because of your teenagers, you know, when you're lethargic and you're eating like shit and you're drinking, it's just, it's, it's a terrible place to be. I've been there. Yeah. And you know, the other day, literally the other day, literally Kendra, that's like my, I know yeah, it's it's my thing too. I guess you called me out. I know this fits though. Just like anybody who struggles to get up in the morning. I told myself I was going to do a workout. This is embarrassing, but whatever I get up to do my workout. I go downstairs. I was doing a Peloton workout. I told this to Kendra, but the, it turned off. So I had to, I had to like, I couldn't figure out how to turn it on. Sounds stupid, but it was happening. I finally did. Now I'm like, oh shoot, we have a new Wi-Fi. Now I need to go get the Wi-Fi password and connect it. During this whole process, I'm like, I could just go back to sleep for an hour. Cause now I'm pissed. Now I'm ready 20 minutes in. Right. And time's ticking. I got to wake Freya up. I got to shower all that. I went back to bed. I went back to bed for a whole hour when I could have showered, worked out and felt so good about the day. So my whole day was kind of poop because I started it that way, but I was so determined because I said I was going to work out that day and I knew it was going to be weird and wonky. I went downstairs, did a Peloton workout. I had Freya, Nick was out of town. She was tired, about ready for bed. But I'm like, if I don't do it now, 7 PM, I'm done. Like she's in bed. I'm in bed. I started it. I had plan ABC in place. We got all the way to see where she was on my back in the carrier, which was super annoying. I had 15 minutes left in the workout and I'm like, I'm going to finish it. And, and I did. And most people in that, in that situation, one wouldn't even have worked out. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, really? Cause then you're going to say you'll do it Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then you don't. So it's like, I had to do something to keep that momentum going. Like Kendra talks about, and then I shared it and people are like, I have no excuse now. Holy crap. Wow. I never thought of that. It's just the number one thing is mindset. Even that, even that real that you made doesn't even do it justice what you just explained happened that whole day like people don't like it's oh it's a real oh it must be no no that's real life and oh 
oh, I'm also uh, I'm also uh, somebody who motivates people, so I better grab this on film because like I right. want to this moment. Yeah. So didn't even plan it. It just happened. And I'm like, I should probably video this. Yeah. And unfortunately, right. So, you know, people will say I have no excuse, but what will happen in their life is that when it becomes the moment of truth to do something like that and execute what they'll say to make themselves feel better as well. Hannah's just different than me. She's just special. She's not like I've met Hannah. She's a normal fucking mom who will do anything to get everything done that she wants to accomplish in her life. That's the difference. Like she's just, she's decided she's going to do it. And for those of you out there who won't do it, it's because you don't want to, not because you can't. Kendra, I'm just going to go mow the lawn real quick. Yeah, I'll be right back. Well, but also that is the power of a, to me, this is the, this is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle with momentum. Like, you have created yeah. your life full of accountability. And I my guess is that's by design. So you no, have hundreds of thousands of followers and you have created a situation where you are accountable to them. And I have created that and Kenny has created that. So if you're, we, that's the power of the work that we do is that we created a whole situation where we know that we have people that work for us, we have friends, we have accountability and visibility. And with that comes a little bit of responsibility, I think, to show up. And that's what we're doing. And we're not really looking for other people necessarily to give that to us. Although I would say like my team does that for me when I see my people like freaking somebody else is doing something, you know, I got to get out there too. I think that's the benefit and the beauty of this lifestyle that we have, but also we have that, we have created that momentum. So this isn't something you just wait to happen to you. Like we've got the ball rolling, you know what I mean? And now, now it's moving and this is, this is accessible and available to every, anybody. Uh, it is. It is. Just and everybody. Have, yeah. This isn't a must be nice. This is a, I created this shit for me so that I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts every morning so that I don't like, I don't get lazy. Like this is just as much for me to keep my shit together as it is to help people progress in their own life. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't just happen. Right. No, that's the truth. And I know it's relative because the average person who would look at, let's just say my photos right after postpartum, I felt that one, I was letting this is, this may sound narcissistic, but like seeing where I started, I feel it's okay to say, it. and it's fine. It's everybody has those thoughts. I felt like I was letting my people down. I'm like, wow, I, I kind of, I feel like I look terrible, even though the average person would not the average person. A lot of people would say, Hey, I would love to look like Hannah right after I have a baby the day after, but it's all relative. And I felt like I had lost all my momentum. I know I didn't because in the grand scheme, I have been building the momentum for years. Right. But still, and so it's like, I probably lost half the momentum in my brain. That's what I felt. And I knew just like you say, Kendra, the only way I'm going to get that back is if I push through on the days that like, I really don't want to, like, you really think I wanted to sit on that bike with Freya? Absolutely not. It wasn't fun. Everyone on the video commenting is like, oh, looks like she's having more fun than you. That's because she was, okay. I wasn't even enjoying it. And that, and that shit isn't for social media. 
that that's that's the thing that is important for people listening to understand like these aren't like i know there are some people that get all greased up and oiled up and i could like i fucking hate that those workouts like it like yeah. you work out like that right but this is like living your life and capturing it and being like wow that's and knowing that that i think it's fun to know behind the reel too because it's your day started like that was a whole day long process. <laughs> yep. My get fault. That. And it was all self-inflicted. It was nobody's fault. Sure. Right. Did I get pissed at people or whatever all that? Yeah. But guess what? That was my fault because I right. was ready in a bad mood. And it just that- reminds me, it reminds me too, how much every decision and workout matters, right? Like, like you, like, I think people might think it, it doesn't matter. Like what's one workout. Will you do that four times a week, five times a week? with your food choices and your workout choices, right, Kenny? Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just one, you know. You know, I want you to think about it like this, you know, like in my community, you know, we have an eight week challenge, nine week challenge, and people are all trying to get to a certain spot and, you know, and and best one another, right? They're competing with themselves or competing with other people. I get it. But you think about somebody like Hannah, who she finds a way to get it done every day. Versus someone who takes, let's just say they take one day off a week, like one planned workout off per week. If you stretch that out over the course of an eight week challenge, do you know they've got an extra week's worth of workouts on you a whole week? Like they've done a week's worth of more work than you have in an eight week period. Like that's how much it matters. Like, you know, that's a big deal. Eight week, that's a big deal. You know what a big misconception is? And like, I guess the fitness aspect is, People think that I work out one to two hours a day. Literally the last four or five years, it's been 30 minutes or less, 95% of my workouts every single day, because that's just what works for me. That's what I like. And that's what I enjoy. And that's how the best way my body responds. Whereas Kendra's responds differently. And like the, the results have stemmed from the showing up every day, the consistency with it. It's like, well, how do you do that with 20, 30 minute workouts? Well, I don't do it two days a week here, four days a week there. It's five or six days a week every day. And if not, it's at least getting 10,000 steps in a day. And that's huge. I was I would say, Hannah, that even during those 20 or 30 minutes, like you're totally focused on the workout and you're giving max effort. You're not, you're not just like, oh, I guess I gotta be here. Let me just do this. Like you're working your ass off, right? Yeah, that's, I'm actually glad you said that. That's a good point. I talk about that all the time. It's so intentional. Whereas like when people are at the gym for two hours, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you enjoy that and you have the time, that's fine. But a lot of those people that are there for two hours, they are talking half the time on their phone, half the time and doing five sets and then a 10 minute break. You know, I know it's different type of training, but it's a lot of time wasted. Whereas like, I want to do as much as I can in 20 minutes. Cause I got to go, I got to work, shower, get free whatever the heck. Right. I mean, the other thing, that you have in your favor is you have a training history. So years in, in of, you know, you started in bodybuilding, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, you have, uh, you started lifting weights at, at a very young age at the right time. Genetically, you are, I don't, I wouldn't say you're a freak, but you have good genetics, like, and, and forget where they are now your parents necessarily but like body type structure so a lot Mm -hmm. of people i sound like a judge you know body body 
but have like, ever, have you ever done a bodybuilding competition? I, so I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, but oh my so, God. so, so you have a lot going for you and you started young. And I would say, I would say your workout style puts you at a great place to maintain all of the hard work. Now, if you wanted to grow, you would have to spend more time at the gym and you would have to get in all of those training sessions. But like from an overall health and wellness perspective, you've nailed it from, you know, what works for your body, you know, how, I mean, you're a nutrition coach, you know, and a personal trainer and all of those things. So, you know, you know how your body is responding right now and your training may have to adapt over the years, you know, who knows, but like a lot of people, at least in my demographic are, if they're trying to build muscle, I really want people to understand this. There does, you do need, a, if Hannah wanted to grow, she would have to change her training, right? But she has a substantial amount of like mature dense muscle on her physique right now that she's built over years. And you have been more consistent than most people will ever be in their whole entire life, even if they start now. So I hope that makes sense. She's also knows how to feed herself enough protein. Like these are all things that people don't come to the table with years of that with us. They're starting from nothing. A lot now, of I want, I want to take the other approach, Kendra. Like you laid out the positives. I want to lay out the negatives. And here's what I mean. Like, yes, all those things you said about Hannah are true, but you know what else is true? If Hannah wants to make change now, she has to get extremely disciplined. She has to work even yeah. harder. So for like all the people out there who are listening, who are thinking right. something like, I just want to start. Guess yeah. the good news for you is if you probably just eat a few more vegetables, drink a little more water and exercise, you're going to be able to make change initially, right? You just got to stick to it and you'll get some momentum going. Right. You know, I know I'm like the biggest CrossFit nerd and Kendra and I go back and forth on this all the time. When she was in town, she's like, you know, I bet you I'm stronger than you. I'm like, the fuck you are. Well, <laughs> I took it back. I took it back the second it came out of my mouth. Well, but I, I'm, I'm just not... joking. That was just a joke. But what I'm getting at. Yeah, is... I told her. Yes. Okay. We had a debate. We had a little healthy debate. I would argue that. All right. Because I know people who have done this and I've seen their body. CrossFit workouts are what? anywhere between like 10 to 30 minutes unusual. Okay. Like typical workouts. Sometimes we do these hour long dumb things, but I have seen people start like fitness for the first time in their life and it be CrossFit. And that's all they do with these 10 to 30 minute workouts, stick with it and they get the nutrition on par. And I've seen insane results. Yeah. In building. I know who you're talking about. Even like when I used to coach at a gym, I saw it for myself too. Oh, yeah. and it, again, it took years, but yeah. like, no, you're right. You, you can, if you go to, if you go to a well-programmed CrossFit gym and they're doing strength and, you know, Metcons and the common, and they do, they're doing, putting you on a weekly strength training program. Like you're going to build muscle, especially if you come from the couch, you're going to make some serious newbie gains. But to Kenny's point, if you wanted to grow, you're going to have to, suck it up and come over to my no 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 i just start okay. listening heavy on crossfit I yeah, still yeah. all right all right well here you know what's funny i took 
like two years to lose a bunch of muscle. I was way too light. In my opinion, I didn't like the look after a while. I'm like, I shouldn't be wearing size large shirts. I just was uncomfortable. And so I had to do the opposite of what most people have to do. I had to back off my Wait a minute. So are you saying to lose muscle, you started doing the workouts you did now, which means I actually do win the conversation. Like no, in, roundabout way, no. in a roundabout way, nope. you no, no, started no. doing your hitty jumpy 30 minute workout no. to atrophy. Okay. When I got huge and bulky, I was training to like be, to go to CrossFit regionals. And then I said, I'm done. So I backed off my CrossFit workouts. I'll fight this to my death. I know. I saw your squat the other day. I was like, well, that was I impressive. I know. Haven't I squatted know. in over a year. Bro, that was, I, I, that was all the plates in the gym. All of 25. It. What was it? No, I don't know. It was like, two, yeah, I think so. It's I, fine. I guarantee I could go down. <laughs> I'm if like, wait, put, what? if you put 225 pounds on my back, I could, I could go down. I don't know I, what would happen from there. I straight up walked into the, Hey, Moosey poop. I straight up walked into the gym and I was like, well, I need to work on some legs. I did a bro lift that day. You'd have been proud. I was like, I need, I, I would like to build my legs up and my, my glutes more. But I know that bro lift, don't you? So I said, I wonder if I can like squat kind of heavy still. So I just went for it. It did hurt my back. I had to throw on a belt. Can you squat that much right now, Kenny? Fuck no, not anymore, bro. Like, mm -mm. did you know? I don't even try anymore. I I don't even, and that's probably a problem for me, but. No, no, me either. With like at least Olympic lifts because it hurts my body so much. I know I'm 28. I know I have all this youth, but still all the heavy training I've done. Back when my like bulkiest stage, when I first met Nick, he met me. I can't even believe he like really, I was so bulky. My hair was so short. I know. I know. During that. Right. I'm like, what? Right. Right. During that stage, I was overhead squatting for three, 250 pounds. Never. I can't even squat 250 pounds right now, but like. But it hurt my body so much. Yeah. And I know you know the answer, Hannah. What's your one rep max for squat, back squat? Oh, right now? No, no, ever. Oh, it wasn't that impressive. I don't know. I don't, maybe 280 or something. I don't even remember. Hmm. Yeah, not that impressive. But at the overhead squat, that's impressive. And I'm, yeah. I'm just never going to live it down. I have to find that video. All right, listen, we're coming up to the end here of this time and uh it's it's been it's been quite a while, but we could talk forever. So I think, you know, we well first of all, if you're listening to the show, follow Hannah, follow Kenny. Their information is in the bio. Subscribe to the the podcast, share, comment all of it if we end up putting it on YouTube. Um and I think you know, I like to leave these with a little bit of words of wisdom. Hannah, if you could tell somebody who's stuck right now, because that we get a lot of people stuck, right? That's like a common thing. What would you say to them? Stuck in life or their fitness goals or both or what? Yeah. In their fitness goals. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's, if you feel stuck, reevaluate where you, when you remember the last time you felt really good, when you reevaluate that, write down those points and then see what 
you're missing now as to why you feel stuck and work on implementing one thing at a time, like one week at a time, add this in this habit, drink more water the next week, hit my steps, whatever. And then on top of that, whenever I feel stuck or just in the screw it mode, even during pregnancy, I almost said, what am I doing this for? I almost wanted to quit my career, but I didn't. But what kept me going and what I recommend for people is to remember your why. And people don't know what their why is or know how to do that. But I always say to help finding your own why, go back again to a time in your life that you were so motivated, you had your life together. Like what was the reason for that? Or even now for me, obviously it's, it's for an example, it's Freya. She is obviously my why. And also it's, it's my husband because he fell in love with who I still am today. I didn't just let myself go. I didn't just get lazy. I still have my disciplined mindset. And like that alone keeps me motivated because I know a lot of people, even when they're married, I've been married for 10 years. He's stuck with me. Okay. Well, don't you want him to be with you? I know this isn't marriage talk, but like, that's a big why for me. It's like uh, it's nice and old fashioned. That's the old soul. That's the old soul that you can't fake that. You know what I mean? Where it's just like a wife who's like, wants to maintain some level of like, you know, some high expectation within your marriage, you know, that's really cool. Thank How you guys for having me. Uh, well, uh, we got to get Kenny's too. Oh, Kenny, let's hear it. So I, look, Hannah, Hannah really nailed it. Um, yeah. But Come on, Kenny. no, no, listen, I, I think <laughs> if you're stuck, you really kind of like Hannah started down the road a little bit with the auditing of why you know, where you're at, why are you stuck? And and one thing that I hear often that really irks me, right? And I know why people say it. And, you know, the one thing you have to stop doing in life, if you're stuck, is you got to stop giving yourself grace. You know, how many times have you said like, well, things are really hard today. I just got to give myself some grace. You know, I just got to make it through this day. You know, like, I, I don't know how many times I can say this to my people, but it's true. E eventually, you've got to stop saying no to other people, other things, so you can say yes to yourself. At some point, if you want to be unstuck, you've got to start doing things for you with intent. And sometimes that means other things in your life have to go away. And I'm not telling you to sacrifice your relationships, your spouse, your children. What I'm saying is you got to sit your ass down. And you got to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself. Like, what in the hell am I doing in my life that I don't need to do anymore? Like, what is it that I'm giving my time to that's not moving me forward so I can cross that shit off my list forever and I can start penciling me in? Because I think too many times in life, people are too ready to give themselves grace when they don't deserve it and they don't understand what it's doing to their success. Mic drop. Man, I, I, I see that a lot. I see that, you know, it's it, because we, we've talked about this before, but certainly if you're working with one of us, probably the lowest standard you could have for yourself, I think is to convince yourself that just showing up deserves really much of anything. Um, Hey, at least I'm still here. Well, I've never heard anybody say that as a like a way to congratulate themselves that got them anywhere other than just hey at least i'm still here 
that that's probably the lowest standard uh that I would set for somebody is like just just show up in the app or show up in a message or just like it's like it's not enough and I think people don't realize how difficult this is to maintain this lifestyle but how absolutely rewarding it is so the reward far outweighs the challenges and the difficulty of not eating the piece of whatever it is and 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 as we've talked about today if you can get that momentum going and it's going to require some independence it's probably going to require some changing of relationships people in your life it's going to require some tough decisions but it will be the best thing you've ever done and and you've got to stop leaning on the words of other people to get you out like if you're asking and you've been around and you're asking what can i do you already know and i think we established that today like you know what to do and so before you reach out to your coach and ask them what what can i do give me some words of wisdom ask yourself what you think your coach would say to you and i i mean you, you have your answer um for me the more people that quit the stronger I feel and the better I feel about my own fitness journey that I'm not quitting every day. That might sound crazy, but if you want to jump on that side of this whole process, you can like, there's something about not being the one that quit when you just watch them fall. You're like, mm-hmm. like you talked about Kenny on the, the runs that you used to do with your guys. Oh, I can't. You're like, see ya then, you know, like none of us on this podcast can do more for you than we already do. There's nothing more that can be done for you. It is time for you to grab the tools and use them. There's endless resources. And I just say like, stop thinking this is just going to be some easy thing and and get the list going of what you got to do every day. Like Hannah did. Okay. I got to get the workout sucks to be me. I guess the baby's going on the back. And that even the that's like the best quote ever that you said, the tell yourself what you think your coach would say or ask yourself because you can, you, you use that for any aspect of your life. But when you get your whole life in check in that way, your, your life changes for the better in so many ways. I even remember like when Nick was struggling right through the transition, I remember telling him, well, what would you tell your guys like through the foundation? I I did that with myself through my hard times too. So it's such good advice, Kendra. Well, that's what you get when you're almost 50. Hey, you're just a kid from Maine. Just, just, yeah, that hat, that hat kills oh, me. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, well, thank you guys for your time. Thank you, Hannah. Kenny. Thank you guys. Like, yeah. I mean, we barely got anything out of you today. I feel like too, we just cracked the surface. So hopefully you'll be on again. Let's do it. And you no, that was great. It's like just having a regular conversation with you guys. It's, it's pretty awesome. All right. I love you guys. All right. You guys have a great day. Thank you so right. much for you guys. Bye.